0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Brian and welcome to episode number 21 of the Brian Kenny podcast. This is a extension or a part two of a two part series where I'm discussing all around how to start building a tech business and some little um, little pieces or, or nuggets of information that I've learned through experience of building businesses beforehand that I hope will um, be of value to people when they're considering building a business and also when they're in the middle or the crux of the whole thing. Um, beforehand though I would just like to first of all to, to talk about the first part of this that was episode number 19 um, and so if you'd, if you'd like to listen to that I would highly encourage you to listen to it before you listen to this episode because one is definitely an extension of the other. Um, the second thing is that as these podcasts are now becoming more and more weekly, what I'd like to do is just at the very beginning to discuss some products or some um, some new things that I've experienced or, or used over that week and what I would recommend other people to check out. Uh, so the first product that I totally recommend is a product called Amber Eyewear, Um so this these are these are glasses that i bought for about 50 euros and they are blue blockers so they they protect your eyes from the different um i would say rays or i'm not sure the different colors that are coming from all of the screens and devices that we use so your phone your tv your your desktop computer everything i I've highly noticed that I'm using or looking at screens pretty much all of my day and these blue blockers allow my eyes to get used to, or I suppose to, to, um, to adapt, to get ready for sleep, um, to wind down for the day, um, to kind of to start my, my body in, in releasing serotonin and other things that I'm starting to learn about. Um, but, I, I, I'll i be honest I didn't really believe in them at the very beginning but the more that I started to wear them the more that I've really noticed a huge impact in how my brain or how my body is winding down before I go to sleep and um, so these are it's a company that's been recommended to me and I'd highly recommend it to other people so that's Amber Eyewear and I will leave a link for that in the description or in the show notes they cost me about 50 euros so it's not really a, a huge purchase i'm not sure if i picked the ones that suited my face very well i might change them um, but i would from a from a practicality or a functional point of view they've really had a big impact on my sleep and my overall day-to-day life so i'd, I'd really recommend that um, another thing that i recommend this week is the latest episode that's come out of the tim ferris show so those of you who are not already listening to or following tim ferris i would highly recommend that you do he is a crazy body hacker um always looking for new and exciting ways to improve his lifestyle his health and his overall productivity something that i would aspire to myself and i've looked up to him for many many years now has written books like the 4-hour work week and the 4 Hour, or the 4-hour work week and the 4-hour body i can't remember there there's a couple of other ones um and now tribe of mentors as well um, his podcast is just insane. It's it's really, really good. And the amount of pieces of information that I've learned from that has been huge and really impactful. So I totally, che- totally recommend that you go and check that out. Um, but in his latest podcast, he brings on a gentleman by the name of Dr. Gabor Mate, um, who is a physician and specializes in neurology and psychiatry and treating addiction and all of these other things. And I've always kind of seen myself as having a very addictive personality. In everything that I do, I, I tend to give 150%, much to the detriment of both my own health and also of the thing itself. And what I mean by that is, I think if you're to really see the benefits of of doing something, you need to have about 20% headspace and, and 80% productivity. So when I'm giving it 150%, I'm actually I'm, I'm overdoing it in both my mental capacity, my ability to think through the problem and other, other elements. So it's how to curtail or, or what Dr. Gabor may discusses during that podcast is how to curtail that, how to, how to um, look at the world very objectively, how to see different triggers and how to use them um, in order to not overdo things. I would highly recommend that podcast to anybody. Um, okay, so let's get into the show. So in this, um, in this part of the, the series, I'm going to be discussing uh, money, capital and cash flow. So the finances of a business and when you're starting to get going and then the marketing side of, um, of your company as well. Marketing is a is a huge Pandora's box and something that I've I've had a passion for many years of my life, but I've also seen that there is a lot of toxicity in in that industry and especially different products and services that you can buy and what you're getting for your book. Um, okay, so first of all, we will start off with money, capital, and cash flow. Um, so one of the biggest things that I've learned myself, and it is taking me it has taken me far too long to get to this realization is the understanding of what my costs are as a business. I know that sounds very simple and and something that you would expect to look at from the very beginning, but it often gets very overlooked. For example, things that I would encourage you to do is to figure out how much does it cost to open my doors on a daily, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis. And that includes everything from your monthly cost of a license for Dropbox, down to your salary costs, to absolutely everything. Once you really get to the bare bones of it and you arrive at a figure, let's say that's, I don't know, 5,000 euros per day, that really, um, it, it, it had a huge impact for me as, as a as an entrepreneur of going, okay, every day that we all go and do this thing, are we generating enough to cover those costs? Because if we aren't, I personally am paying for the luxury of doing this thing, of, of running through this journey. And do I really want to spend money in order to, you know, I'm, just, I'm not playing the game right and that's not working. So the realization of what it costs to run your business on a daily, weekly, monthly and quarterly basis and yearly basis really tends to open people's eyes as to what they need to accomplish and get rid of all of the other vanity metrics that goes around business and entrepreneurship um, and it it makes you realize as well where you're spending the majority of your money you know so let's say it's costing you five thousand euros per day but As you go over that month, you're realizing that, you know what, I'm making about seven grand per day. So I've got two grand left over. That's amazing. And I'm getting, I'm in profitability. I'm making money. Things are going as a business should. Um, But still diligently look at what are the breakdowns of that spend? You know, maybe it's 80% salaries and maybe it's, you know, 0.5% in internet services. There's all of these different um, breakdowns that you should accomplish to realize you know, of the money that you're spending, am I getting a good return for each spend? So let's say you have your salaries very uh, weighted unevenly, that some people are getting paid more than others. Are the people that are getting paid more returning more value to the company than the people that aren't? And as you kind of line item them out and break them down piece by piece by piece, you start to put a percentage beside each one. And then it doesn't matter if it's daily or weekly or anything at all. You're just seeing a percentage of how, how much of your monthly burn rate is being spent on each of these items. And then you can turn around and go, okay, of that spend, how much is the return on investment that I'm getting back from spending that money? And you have to look at it objectively. Do not look at it in any way emotionally. Don't turn around and go, well, you know what? Patty's a really good guy and he's amazing and stuff. You have to look at it just purely objectively, both on a macro and a micro level. What I mean by that is that even though you're paying for somebody who may be a junior engineer at the time they will grow into something that's going to be special you can't just cap them at how they are or where they are right now they will return later on but you still have to objectively look at your entire team your entire outgoings and make sure that you're getting a good return on that investment um, then another good point around this is to understand how much risk you're willing to take so Let's say that five grand per day is actually returning only 4,000 and you're, you're burning 1,000 euros every single day. After a while, you'll kind of realize that there is an ebb and a flow and, and a yin and a yang and an up and a down to every single business, right? And it's, it's just the way that it is. Every entrepreneur goes through this. It's not something that is uh, new for anybody and anybody that tells you that they don't go through it, they're lying. And that is that you have great months and you have bad months and you have to be able to take one with the other. But you also have to strategically plan how you're going to deal with that. You can't you can't just live month to month. You need to grow a nest egg or, you know, the ability to handle a bad month, the ability to um, to save on a good month and the ability to watch that ebb and the flow of the business. Operate and and react to it. But after a while, if everything is going well, you'll start to, you know, hopefully you have more profit than you do um, expenditure. And if that's the case, you know, that will grow and grow and grow. And after a couple of months or years, you have to think about where you're going to spend that money. Are you going to invest it back into the company? Are you going to hire a bigger and stronger team? what what sort of investment is that going to become for us it's things like uh in minicorp anyway it's things like building our own product it's things like growing the team absolutely having nice offices um building great products holding out for products that we really believe in things like this they're all investments back into the business and they mean the um they mean a really strong name for minicorp and they also mean a very healthy team a very healthy product agency Um, so that that's it's something to consider and something that i wish that i learned very early on the next point around money capital and cash flow is your long-term strategies so how are you going to hire people and why and how much is it going to cost to hire that person and why so As your team starts to grow and the business starts to grow, you've got to really think about who you're hiring and why you'd like to hire them. And don't be afraid to contact people early on with the ideology or or the thinking behind that I'm going to hire them in three, four, five, six months. There's, There's no problem with that, but just be completely honest with the person. Turn around to them and say, I think that you're an absolutely amazing engineer. I love the work that you're doing. I think you're a great designer. Um, But right now, I don't feel my business is able to sustain talent like yourself, but it is something that we aspire to do. I'm working on it and I would hope to be able to um, bring somebody like you on board in six months and surround them with your company show them what it's like to work in the company and how amazing you guys are as a product agency or whatever you guys do and and really involve them in the whole day-to-day operations and let them see the vision and the hunger and the passion and everything that's within your business so that when that six months comes around and everything aligns together that they're just ready to press the button everything is prepped and ready to go Um, other things are like building product right so this is this is a huge macro play where your everything that we've done in MiniCorp since we were born or since we were a concept has been around building an stellar reputation for ourselves, for people to mention the name MiniCorp and and the minute that that's said that it's associated with great products in in their infancy or their first year and a half. So building that long term strategy as as being known for that is is hugely impactful in how our business grows and thus how our cash flow or capital grows um other things is how is the revenue going to work for you so as as that business gets more and more cash in the door what are you going to do with that cash why are you going to do that with the cash and what do you expect to return on that please don't think of it as as your own um as your own mentality it's more you're almost playing a very strategic game. Think of it more like poker chips. It's not real cash. It's more, you're placing it around in different, what's the best way of saying this? You are 100% strategizing on the future of the business. You are playing chess with how the business is going to be. You're going to take risks and some of them will pay off and some of them won't, Um, but you have to, consistently day on day on day be thinking about what the next move is or where other moves are being played and how you need to adapt to them it will have a huge importance Um, other tips and tricks that I've learned around finance in general have been things like I cancel all of my cards every three months both personally and business wise I know that sounds crazy. There's a five euro surcharge every time that I order a new card, but there's a huge reason for doing that. And that's it's all of these little. So I, the way that business is built now, especially in technology companies, is everything is as a service. You know, like your food is as a service, your storage is as a service, your email is as a service. And so you've you've so many of these little three, four, you know, ten dollar um things that are coming out of your account all of the time and i don't know i'm with bank of ireland and all it says is like u.s transaction 999 or whatever and then the currency conversion it and it's just it's so painful to figure out what every single transaction is that what i do instead is i kill all my cards every three months and the services that i care about i put in my new card into and the services that i don't care about i just let them die and it's a great way because some, some of the services, they don't actually send you an email or an invoice every month. They just kind of slowly nab away those $5 and, and they accumulate into something. So yeah, something, something to think about. Okay, that ends it for money, capital and cash flow. And now I'm going to jump into marketing. Um, marketing is a huge element for me. And it's, it's something that I've been interested in a while. I really believe that you can have the best product in the world. But if you can't market it right how will anybody ever know about it? And I think like when you think about products like Slack and, and Uber and other services that have come up over the world in the last while, when you really think about it, there's there was 10 versions of Slack that came before Slack did. And it was just the way that Slack was promoted, um, the way that people joined the service, the whole UI, UX, everything around how people got on board with Slack, meant the early success of slack and then they built upon that and upon that and upon that and a lot of it really boils down to excellent marketing but you have to understand what the real metrics for your product is and what i mean by that is like when when let me think of an analogy when when you look at let's say a blog post for example let's say the blog post is your product and what you would like to happen is for many people to read your blog post right so that was that was what you set out to do you set out to write this content and for people to read it um to experience it and to gather information from it except what what really seems to be a big vanity metric instead would be the number of page views on that blog post which is a completely it's it's unstatistical compared to how many people actually fully consume the article? That's, it's, it's hugely different. And I think I can't remember what service it was on, but um, I think you have to be listening or watching a YouTube video or, or something for at least 30 seconds before it counts it as one view count. That's more like it. That's more like the stuff. And then I see services like medium.com where you write a blog post and people can kind of click on the clap button, the applause button, but they can hold on to that clap and it can go like plus one, plus two, plus three. So you can have several different claps for one user. It makes no sense. Um, so make sure that you're really thinking about the real metrics of, of what the marketing return is going to be. For us in Minicorp, it's, it's marketing awareness. So whenever the word startup is uttered across the world, I want Minicorp to be thought about. Whenever like a concept or new product or anything of these phrases is is uttered, I want Minicorp to be, you know, the number one thing that comes into their head. I want our marketing to be used to hire great people into our product. I want to build the best product team in the entire world. But in order to do that, I need to be able to showcase the work that we've done and to market our company very, very well so that people salivate and think that, you know, that we're showcasing the work that we're really doing and, and it's resonating with people and then third of all is that i want to get new clients i want new client awareness coming out of my marketing i want people to turn around and go that agency looks amazing that's exactly where i should go and i want to see the number of inquiries for um our services and what we do going up piece on piece depending on or or completely what's the best way of describing it I i always miss words um as a byproduct of what money that I'm spending on my marketing, so it it should be completely related. Um, so when you really deconstruct those three points of marketing awareness, hiring great people, and new clients, how so? I I then work back from there. How do I measure that? How do I measure marketing awareness? How do I measure um, new hires? And how do I measure new clients? And they're the metrics, so how many new clients have have contacted me in the last week, and how much has that plus or minus since the week beforehand? The same thing with the number of people who are inquiring to come into work at minicorp, but then the marketing awareness is a little bit more difficult. I need to be going to um, let's say different startup events um, I need to talk with people, I need to get out there in in the real world and figure out through emotional intelligence whether people actually know about minicorp first of all and second of all whether they have a good feeling about minicorp um but there's getting getting a good understanding of the the awareness or or the the data points of how those elements are working changes everything it can never be about vanity metrics. So it can never be about how many Twitter followers do I have, how many Instagram likes am I getting, how many people are watching my content, how many you know, listeners do I have my podcast or anything. You have to set the real metrics of what you want to obtain from marketing and then watch You have to try multiple different plays, like try Facebook ads, try organic ads, try like when there's so many different plays to be made, but you have to find the one, two, three, you know, there might be multiple different ways that work for your product, but find them based on the real metrics of what you're trying to obtain. And the last point that I have around marketing is that since I'm so intrigued by marketing in general, what I've done is I've kind of gone out there in... In Dublin, and discussed or had chats with a couple of different marketing companies. Actually, a lot of marketing companies, and it just baffles me. It it really does. Like, there's a few good ones, but there's so many of them are, you know, I'll I'll grow your Twitter following count, or we'll put out ten tweets per week, or we'll do one Instagram post per week, or we'll do this video content for you, and so on. And they're just they're just numbers like they're just vanity metrics that's been that's been touted versus like if if i if i had a marketing company and I'm, I'm seriously thinking about building one at this stage now if i had a marketing agency what i would turn around and say is for every sale or or for every um real metric that i increase for you i get paid on so Um, for minicorp let's take those three points again so marketing awareness hiring of great engineers and new clients i would say for every new client inquiry or for every new um, uh, job inquiry that we get into minicorp based on hiring a marketing agency i will pay you based on each of those elements like a proper cost per click type of thing but into a real metric not like on Facebook or or anything else where it's you know we'll land them onto your site and then you got to convert them from then on. Like it'd be so good if marketing companies just turned around and said, "One, you you pay me on what I supply you, and if I can't supply it to you, that's my bad." You know, like I I, I got to take that hit. But once I get you good customers, or I can I can really uh, increase what your real metrics are, you pay me on that. That would be insane. I would love that. Um. But yeah. So that's money, capital and cash flow and marketing. So the the main elements that I want to talk in the second part of the series. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast so far. It's it's growing like crazy. I've even um, I've even been asked to be a guest on a couple of other podcasts, which is amazing. I think that they're going in the right direction. And so I would ask one thing like I do in the majority of my episodes I would ask that if you found good value in this podcast, that you give it a star rating. It's not for my own ego, and it's not for my own vanity metrics. It's, it's actually based on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Store's algorithms. The more likes that you get, and the more listens that you get, the more that you the algorithm automatically puts you to the top of the pile, and more people can then discover this podcast. So if you are honestly seeing value, I would really appreciate it if you did that. The second thing is, I'm always trying to learn from my audience or trying to learn from products in general. I see this podcast like a product now. And if there's things that need to be improved upon, please, please, please get in touch. Like I literally have zero ego. You can turn around to me and say, Brian, your podcast is absolute pants. I hate it. <laughs> you know? But give me some constructive criticism. Tell me um, what, what's really working and what isn't working so that I can adapt and I can make this work Um, because I'm having so much fun creating them they're really good uh, a really good mechanism for me to just brain dump like for me to to kind of really think through my thoughts and to organize my thoughts and to execute on them in in my business life and hopefully it does the same for other people too okay so thank you so much for listening I love you all I hope that nobody has gotten crazy snowed in Over these past couple of days in Ireland, it's just been insane with snow. It's completely sporadic, but alas. Thank you very much for listening and have a great Saturday.